Good morning, New Fellowship Missionary Baptist Church, a place where love abides, where Pastor Halls is our senior pastor. I'm your host for your Sunday School Hour, Reverend Bill Riley. Today's lesson is titled, Moses' Audacious Request. Our scripture lesson text is found in Exodus chapter 33, verses 12 to 23. Let's get into it. Our last two lessons were titled, God Confronts the Sin and God Judges the Sin. As we see in our last two lessons, that the children of Israel couldn't get themselves together as far as being obedient to God, which suggests to us that even with the Ten Commandments, even with all the words of what God has told us not to do, the human nature of our fallen selves are comp compelled to sin against God and against his word. Last week's lesson, we seen that the children of Israel threw a party as Moses went to uh, commune with God for about 40 days and 40 nights. The leadership, the one that kept them somewhat together or the symbol of togetherness in facing God and also being obedient in the, in the wilderness. Um, the children of Israel re digressed in their behavior and their commitment with God. That is something to be noted. As Moses came down from the mountain in fellowship with God with the Ten Commandments, we seen last week's lesson that the children of Israel had already broken the first commandment, and that is, thou shalt not have no other God before him. Last week, they had built a golden calf. And so it just gives us a clear understanding how the human nature is impossible in our own self. To be without sin. I know that doesn't give you any promise or encouragement in the Sunday school lesson, but that is the truth. The truth is the fact that we cannot, in our own strength, fight against sin that is in our nature. But why go through all the trouble in giving us the Ten Commandments or the Ten Rules? Not the Ten Suggestions, but the Ten Laws that will govern ourselves before God. Well, the Ten Commandments purpose from God's perspective is to set a standard, a standard in which we could look at and see that we could not, we could not complete the mission. We can't, we cannot do it. I don't care how good you think you are, you will not be able to keep the Ten Commandments because if you are in violation of breaking one, you are in violation of breaking them all. We needed something greater than the Ten Commandments. So the Ten Commandments purpose was a mirror to show that we are in need of a much greater force. I know force is not a good word to use. We're not talking about metaphysics here, um, however, but there's a much needed power, a much needed um, substance to help us to complete what God has called us to do. And believe it or not, that greater force is love. Yes, 
the greater force is love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That greater love in which Jesus Christ had performed for us is that he had became our substitution for all the sins that we would commit past, present, and future. And so therefore by him uh, acting out the love that he has for us, that love would in then uh, create such an entity inside of our conscious mind to say that if this penalty is so powerful and important to separate us from God, that somebody would be willing to step in and take our place, that greater love would then massage our conscious mind and also go down into our hearts that will help us want to be obedient to God. Paul writes in Romans chapter one, there is now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. So um, by accepting what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross, we are now inside of him. And so there is now no condemnation when we sin against God. And believe me, sometimes sin can be very painful. Shame and guilt are negative emotions that cause us the separation from from God and from people. So as we look at the backdrop of this story this week, Moses' audacious request, um, if I would, if you will, allow me to think about Moses' position, you know, he's just got finished um, judging the people for for their sins, and now he had got to give him instructions to carry on with the mission take the children of Israel into the promised land, just like he said. And Moses, knowing that God does not, how God feels about sin, um, Moses probably feel pretty much naked or vulnerable or alone. Exodus 33, 12 says, And Moses said unto the Lord, See, that thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. And if you allow me to use my imagination on verse 12, is that uh, Moses could not trust uh, Aaron because Aaron was given the responsibility to watch over the children of Israel. So Moses could not trust anyone who had who were human because we're flawed. We're flawed. We're, you know, we're, we're failures um, when it comes to this. So, and then Moses says in verse 33, 12b says, yet thou hast said, I know thee by name and thou has also found grace in my sight. When God says he knows Moses by name, that is an intimate relationship between the two of them. Also in um, the verse, he says that thou has found grace in my sight. Grace what is grace? Some would say grace is God's righteousness at Christ's expense. But I believe uh, a little bit more that grace is the founding love that God has for us that will cover our mission in spite of our flaws. Moses entreated the Lord to consider that Israel was his chosen people on this basis. He was asking the Lord to be gracious to them. 
God replied, the Lord's answer was indeed gracious. The angel that could go before them to drive out their enemies and would indeed be the angel of his presence, for his presence would go with them. The Lord's presence, literally his face, would guarantee the people's rest and blessings in the land to which God was taking them. Now, verse 13, Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found, have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, and that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. Like most of us in making uh, important decisions in life, we oftentimes pray that God will give us the direction and the guidance for that decision that we have to make. And we should, because every decision that we make, we want God to uh, lead us and guide us in the path of righteousness for his namesake. We must admit that there are also times when we make decisions without God because there are some things that we want to do. However, at this point, God has um, showed Moses and also ourselves that, you know, some of those decisions that we make may not be um, in God's favor. Or how about this prayer, which is in verse 15, it says, And he said unto him, If thou presence go not with me, carry us not up hence, for wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight. Is it not in thou that goeth with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. God's presence, Moses requests. The Lord's promise, presence with his people initiated another request from Moses. If the presence go not with me, carry us not up hence, may appear to express doubt or sounding demanding. However, Moses was not pleading with God to do what he had already promised, but rather was seeking confirmation of God's promises or promised presence with him as Israel's chosen leader. The scripture that comes to mind, I can't remember where it is. I think it's in Philippians. I think it is. I'm not sure. But the scriptures, it says, men, we, we must pray without ceasing. Um, pray without ceasing. Amen. You know, God honors prayers. In verses 15 through 17, it says, we might find it easy to fault Moses for seeking confirmation of God's promise, but we must understand his situation. We must understand his situation. We must not miss the fact that the Lord did not rebuke Moses for his request, but graciously answered him. In fact, it appears the Lord invited his petition and was pleased to grant them. There's a principle right there that just speaks to my heart. And that is, although we fail and fall short of the glory of God most times, it is God's pleasured heart is when we confess our sins. He is faithful and just 
to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and restore us back to the right fellowship. And so here it would seem that, you know, God is not so much concerned about the sins that we commit, but he's concerned about how you feel about what you what you've done, you know, and how it affects you and your relationship with him. Well, that's a militant. All right, chalk it up. Verse 17 says, And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. The basis for granting the request was that Moses was found graced in his sight, and that the Lord knew him by name. Moses' plead earlier had been know the basics of these things same three or same two blessings in verse 12 13 now the lord assured him that he was indeed the recipient of his grace and that he knew moses by name moses enjoyed a very special relationship with the lord and it was because of this not because of the israelite as a whole that he granted the request god's glory Moses request, verse 18, and he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will claim, proclaim the Lord, the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by, and I will take away my hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. Clearly, Moses was seeking a deeper revelation of God that went beyond anything he had witnessed before. The previous manifestations of God's glory had been witnessed by others and were given by God apart by any request. Now Moses sought something more and personal, a greater perception of God's essential being. Anyone who have a close relationship with God, like myself, uh, desire something personal and up close. However, you got to be careful what you ask for. <laughs> what I mean by that is that sometimes when we think we're closer to God, we may not be closer to God. And God oftentimes sends us a manifestation to reveal that you're not. And then there are times when we are closer to God, when we're not feeling like we're closer to God. And then God will send a manifestation to reveal to us that we are. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's the opposite. Osmosis. I might sound like I'm talking double talk, but if you walk this walk with me like I have for such a time, you'll get to know God in such a way. Where it's going to very shocking and pardon that noise that that was a little commercial break that somebody wanted to cut in but I think I handle that problem right now 
Let me draw your attention to verse 19. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. Inside verse 19, you see two, um, two uh, twins. You see grace and you see mercy. Grace is giving you something you don't deserve and mercy is holding back something that you do deserve. Grace is giving you something when you don't feel worthy of it. And mercy is holding back the punishment of that which you which you definitely deserve. Um, I'm emphatically saying that um, to myself. Y'all pay me no mind. Amen. But God holds back. And so God is saying here is that, you know, it's his prerogative and how he deal, deals with or deal out this, um, these twin brothers and sisters, or, or maybe two sisters, or maybe two brothers, grace and mercy. Your grace and mercy brought me through. God's reply. Again, God said he would grant Moses requests. He would do so by making his goodness pass before Moses, while Moses was assured that his request to see God's glory would be granted shortly. He was told that this amazing revelation would be limited. Thou canst not see my face, the Lord says, for there shall no man see me and live. While Moses would see that which no man else saw, he would not see God's face. That is God in his fullness. Interesting observation that um, that has been inside the Christian dome for quite some time is that those um, statements that said that no man can see God. Those are biblical statements. No man can see God and live. And I, th I used to argue with that because um, there's many examples in the Bible where, you know, we see God. Um, Jacob saw God, um, Isaiah saw God. Um, however, when you look at the Trinity, this is a billism, um, and you can do your own test on this. Um, you see God, the father is oftentimes speaking in a passage of scripture, and then it'd go into the Lord said, the Lord God said, and the Lord said, now, if you read this passage, you see nowhere in the scripture text where it says God is talking. It, 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 it transitions over to the Lord. And so therefore it's, it's, um, the Lord who is speaking in the, in the place of God, the father. And the Lord is the one who came into flesh and all man had fellowship with him. You know, it, it was the Lord who makes the appearances in the Old Testament that men gets to see. Um, but it's God who does the speaking. So if you if that makes sense to you, um, look at the narrative when you read it. The Lord went on to explain to Moses exactly what would happen at a certain place on the mountain. Moses would stand upon a rock and when the Lord's glory passed by, he would put Moses in a cliff or cre creases. There the Lord would shield him 
from seeing his face, but would allow him to see his back. The fulfillment of Moses' request is described in Exodus chapter 34, and it follows precisely the matter the Lord describes in, in chapter 33. As the Lord glory passed by Moses and the Lord proclaimed his name. Interestingly, the text which was penned by Moses does not tell what Moses saw, but only what he heard. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word or the voice of God. Amen. Well, I thank you for uh, your time. That's all we want to do today. We want to keep it at a, a, a short period of time that you can grab your Sunday school, um, Sunday school book and follow along. Just a little bit of observation for this Sunday school hour. Let's take a look at a couple questions and practical points. Number one, why did Moses need assurance that God's plan for his people was still in effect? Why did Moses need assurance that God's plan for his people was still in effect. Moses entreated the Lord to consider that the, that the Israelites was his chosen people on the basis. He was asking the Lord to be gracious to them. The Lord's answer was indeed gracious. The angel that would go before them to drive out their enemies would indeed be the angel of his presence. And that's something we can look forward to in our own lives is that we had a conversation with a few friends of ours, and that is when God's blessings in which he was going to bless the children of Israel into the promised land, when God's blessings that are given to us does not um, make us sorrowful. Um, God's, you know when God's blessing is a blessing is when they don't add no sorrows to it. That's how you know when God is with you. But God, um, Moses was you know, coming through that period of time of you know, uncertainty, um, like most of us are. And if you're, if you're sensitive to the God spirit, you'll be able to see God's presence still in your life when he sends someone before you, open up doors, create waves, make it easy. Number five, jump down to number five. Was it wrong for Moses to seek confirmation of what God had already promised? Explain. We might find it easy to fault Moses for seeking confirmation of God's promise, but we must understand his situation. We must not miss the fact that the Lord did not rebuke Moses for his request, but graciously answered him. In fact, he appears... The Lord invited his peep, his petition, I'm sorry, his petition and was pleased to grant them. So in other words, God is oftentimes looking forward for us to totally to totally rely on him for our decision making and, and helping us in the direction in which way we're going. Practical point number one, God reveals his plan in his way and on his schedule. Practical point number two, prayer is more about seeking to know the God who blesses us than about seeking his blessings. Number three, God's presence with believers identifies them as his own people. 
Number four, God's plan for each of his people is that they seek his glory and his presence in their daily lives. Number five, God reveals his goodness through his works in and around his people. Number six, at present, sin blocks people from seeing God as he really is. Mm, let that resonate with you. Well, that's it. That's all I have for you today. Hopefully it's a little nugget to get you through until next week. God bless you. May heaven smile upon you.